You're listening to Podcateers. Welcome to episode 351 of Podcateers. In this episode, we bring you part two of our dive into the Society of Explorers and Adventurers. We talk a little more about George and Harrison Hightower III, Constance the Black Widow Bride, Lord Henry Mystic, his monkey Albert, and their home, Mystic Manor. Plus, we hear more about Jason Chandler. If you have any thoughts you'd like to share about the episode, we'd love for you to join the conversation over on Discord. You can check out the blog post for this episode at podcateers.com slash 351 for an invite link. You can also check out that post for the video write through of Mystic Manor. If you'd like to connect with us over on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, just search for Podcateers. Team Boat Willie will be participating in the first ever virtual chalk walk to raise money for the Children's Hospital of Orange County. We are preparing some auction items that were very generously donated to help our fundraising efforts. So more info on these auctions is coming very soon. We'll be posting auction info on our Instagram account, just search for Podcateers. So if you're not following us yet, now would be a great time to start. For more info on this event and others that we'll be participating in, you can visit TeamBoatWilly.com. On that page, you'll find a link to make a contribution and also a way to join TeamBoatWilly. That link again is TeamBoatWilly.com. Super easy to remember because it's like SteamBoatWilly, but without the S. All right, well, before we kick off this episode, we'd like to take a moment to thank a very special group of people known as the FGP Squad, aka our podcast Fairy Godparents, because it's their monthly support via Patreon that help make these episodes of Podcateers possible. Being part of the FGP Squad family gets you some additional perks like exclusive discount codes for Podcateers gear, additional content, and access to our monthly happy hour calls. If you would like more info on how you can become part of the FGP Squad family, we invite you to check out podcateers.com FGP. And as always, a super special thank you goes out to the FGP Squad for their continued support. Uh, so it's time for part two. We hope that you're enjoying the series so far. We appreciate you listening and taking the time to hang with us. Here is episode 351 of Podcateers. Years passed after Hightower disappeared, and the hotel was just in shambles, right? And in 1908, Endicott decided to save the Hotel Hightower by deeming it a landmark of cultural property for the city of New York. So in 1912, the Endicott family ended up purchasing the land, but her father was like, whatever i'm tearing down this piece of junk and building my own hotel but that was a problem for 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 beatrice because she actually admired hightower as the business rival of her own father so she kind of admired him so much that she was willing to put everything on the line and go against her father establishing the New York City Preservation Society, obviously all behind her father's back, and to preserve the memory of Hightower and the hotel and the artifacts that he had collected throughout his travels by offering tours. And that 
is where the story picks up when you experience that attraction. Now, as tours continued at the Hotel Hightower, or the Tower of Terror, as it had become known due to Hightower's disappearance, the story of the SEA continued to spread to other locations around the world. On our real-world timeline, around the opening of the Tower of Terror attraction at Tokyo Disney Sea, the Walt Disney World version of the Haunted Mansion was undergoing renovations of its own. And it was during that renovation that Constance's story was actually retconned with the addition of George Hightower, the brother of Harrison Hightower III. Now, I kind of feel it's important to mention this because, uh, you know, I've been calling George and Harrison brothers for some time because, you know, on top of sharing the last name, they kind of have a lot of similarities among them. Uh, I'll give you an example. So, for instance, Harrison and George both enjoy traveling to exotic foreign locations to bring back pieces for their own collections. And for all we know, George actually could have been part of the Pillager's Brigade, but their Correct. relationship hasn't ever really officially been confirmed. The only thing that we know for sure about George Hightower is that he's a wealthy man and that he uh, originates from Newport Beach, California. And of course that he married Constance, uh, AKA the black widow bride and that he was her fifth and final marriage. That's, that's all we know. Now I will say that, the story gets kind of wonky because uh, I I know you you know I don't know if you ever went to the 40th anniversary of the haunted mansion or if you've ever seen videos or if you've heard the story of it but uh, during the 40th anniversary of the haunted mansion they had this huge dinner and there was a big show that they did with uh, characters from the mansion including Constance and George Madame Leota was there the hitchhiking ghost. And the entire event revolved around the marriage of Constance and George. Interesting. Yeah. The crazy thing is that when you look at the story that's told in the mansion, like she chops off George's head. You know, that's how right. he goes. But in in the show that they did for the 40th anniversary, he goes missing before they even get married. And so uh, the... The priest is up like on the altar. The The processional comes down and all of the bridesmaid and groomsmen are all kind of lined up. And as Constance is coming down, uh, they're like, oh, wait, oh, no, we have to let you know that we can't find George. We don't know where he is. And so they're like, OK, well, everybody continue eating your dinners. You know, you wouldn't want it to get cold after all. And so they have like all these like Haunted Mansion cheesy jokes, right? Of course you would. Right. <clears throat> but uh, they they don't know where George is. And so they go off later on in the evening. They come to find that George is dead. Right. And so the groomsmen are carrying mm -hmm. him like laying down, like to go put him on display so that everybody can see. Uh, Madame Leota is like, oh, you know, awaken the spirit. There's an actual like spirit of Madame Leota. It's not even like a crystal ball. OK, it's somebody walking down the aisle as a full blown Madame Leota person. And she's wow. like <laughs> doing her incantations and everything. And boom, she reveals 
that it was the bride that killed George. And so Constance comes, I know, right? So Constance comes out and she's all (laughs) like, oh, no, like, oh, what am I going to do? Flirts with the groomsmen. And George sits up and he's like, ha ha, I'm here for you now. You thought you had me. And they go into this whole spiel, right? And then Mm -hmm. Constance was next. They end up finding Constance. Uh, She appears in a doom buggy. Uh, It turns around and it turns out that she is also now deceased. And they both kind of awaken from their deceased slumber and they dance around to music from the mansion. And, you know, they have this whole ballroom scene. Uh, They sing Grim Grinning Ghosts. The hitchhiker, the hitchhiking ghosts do their thing. And then they're all invited to the haunted mansion for cake and a special tour of the mansion where as they're you know, bringing people in, they declare that George Hightower is the master of the mansion at that point. So we think it's Master Gracie. At some point, it becomes George's. And then the story gets all convoluted when you go back to what does inside (laughs) the mansion. But wait, there's more, right? Because (laughs) depending on which version of the attraction you visit, There's also a proximity to where they live that could play into whether George and Harrison uh, are related. Because if you're visiting the Haunted Mansion at Disneyland, the setting is in the New Orleans Bayou. But if you're visiting the Haunted Mansion at Walt Disney World, that one is said to be located in a village in the Hudson River of New York State, much closer to the location of the Hotel Hightower. Yep. See? So <laughs> in reality, they could be brothers. They could be estranged could be. brothers. They could be cousins. One of them could be the other's uncle. Maybe it's just a coincidence right. that they share a last name. Who knows? Or if you likes you the drama, maybe if they spit into a genetic test tube kit, they might find out that they're half brothers. Dun, dun, dun! <laughs> but who knows, right? I mean, they, they've never right. established that. Uh, I do think it's an important detail to bring up because uh, I don't think it was an accident. You know, the fact that the Tower of Terror opened up at Disney Sea, and then the Black Widow Bride story gets retconned around the same time to include someone with the last name Hightower just seems mm-hmm. like too much a coincidence, right? Sitting there like, right. that's suspicious. Like they're know? giving us little breadcrumbs. Right, right. Uh-huh. And then plus, plus, uh, you know how we, we talk about how Imagineers pay tribute to themselves and others throughout the parks? Mm-hmm. Constantly. Yeah. So uh, the SEA definitely has those types of tributes, which we'll, we'll talk about as we continue the story. But one of the most famous happens to come in the member that we've been talking about because Harrison Hightower III was modeled after Disney Imagineer Joe Rohde. But, uh-huh. but the coincidences just don't stop there, right? Because right. the model for George Hightower is actually former Imagineer Rick Rothschild, who happened to work closely with Joe Rohde on the Adventurers Club. Nice. Full circle here. Totally, totally is. 
Right? Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, there's enough to support that there's an obvious, like, implied relationship between the two, right? Like, what exactly Mm -hmm. that relationship is, we don't know. But in my head, they're brothers. So, you know, do with that info what you wish, right? And maybe it's just the fact that they haven't revealed it yet. And as the story begins to expand, at some point, they'll elaborate on it. So I have a question, and I think it's because I'm seeing it right in front of me. Um, Can we count or can I say that we have had had we have had um, a connection over at the Haunted Mansion? And I, I say this because. Doesn't Constance stretching portrait her? Isn't she sitting on the uh, tombstone of one of her husbands that's by the name of George? And I'm thinking. But is it Constance, though? Oh, it's one of those things where I'm not sure, but it just. The name is there and the the twist of the story that that we know that connects the uh, the SEA. It's just. <clears throat> I was just thinking about that. Yeah. So I'm glad you brought that up because there is no name for the woman that's part of the stretching mm-hmm. portrait. But if you kind of think of the lore of the mansion, it feels like it should be Constance. And because there's this connection to this guy named George, your brain begins to make that connection, right? right? But uh, in the original script of the Haunted Mansion, that woman's name is actually Abigail Pate Cleaver. And that means that her deceased husband is George Pate Cleaver. Now, it's not listed anywhere in the stretching room portraits and they don't really talk about it in the mansion uh that actually is in the original script i don't know if at some point they decided to exclude it you know to just leave Mm -hmm. it like that and leave it open to the imagination i don't think it's ever been referenced like at an event or anything like that but uh, I mean, leave it to your imagination, obviously, that now that there's a guy named George, which if you don't know that the guy that they added, because George Hightower was officially added to the Haunted Mansion here at Disneyland as mm-hmm. well. And it's the final portrait that you see to the right of Constance before you see the right. Hatbox ghost. Now, if you don't know that that guy's name is George, you would never make the connection, though, because... If you look at Constance as the bride, stretchy face and all, but then you look <laughs> at Constance in the uh-huh. portraits. Come on, tell me I'm lying. Tell I, me I'm lying. I get you. I get you. <laughs> <laughs> but then you look at Constance in all of the portraits where her husbands are dying, and you look at the stretching room portrait, it's two different that, people. Yeah, that is true. Right? And if you, like, even if you try to put two and two together, like if George is beheaded while Constance... Oh, I guess not, right? Because she could have grown old and now she's visiting the gravesite. Yeah, actually, yeah, it can make sense now. You're right. Now that I've spent an entire (laughs) 10 minutes debating it in my head. This is is what it is to think about things and try to make connections. So that was it. Yeah. Okay, you know what? He's officially George Hightower now. Boom. I don't care what anybody <laughs> says. Boom. He's George Hightower now. 
That's crazy. Unless you go by the 40th anniversary Haunted Mansion celebration that we were talking about, and then they both died, and she shouldn't even be there. That's the a end. ghost. <laughs> the end. Exactly. As as they say, the end. Tan tan. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, man, now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, it, that, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, okay. So keeping with our real world timeline, uh, almost a decade later, Imagineering was getting ready to open, uh, a haunted mansion like attraction at Hong Kong Disneyland. But mm-hmm. due to differences in traditional Chinese culture, uh, they ran into a very similar situation that they ran into with the Tower of Terror, right? They didn't know about the Twilight right. Zone, but when they were creating this haunted mansion-like attraction, uh, Chinese culture doesn't really uh, circle around like ghosts and hauntings the way that we tend to see it. So they couldn't create an attraction that revolved around ghosts and spirits and everything. Uh, so instead they took the opportunity to expand the story of the SEA once again. And they created an attraction with all these magical elements that opened in May of 2013. Now, legend has it that while exploring the uncharted tropical wilderness of Papua New Guinea, Lord Henry Mystic fell in love with the area and decided that he just had to live there. He had a part of the jungle along the riverbank removed, and that helped make way for this new home that he wanted built. He called the area Mystic Point, and inspired by all of his travels around the world, his largely Victorian-style home would also be adorned with elements of architecture from locations that he's seen in Russia and India and, and all these other glamorous places that he's visited. Now, while exploring the jungle, he happened to find this monkey that was struggling because he was trapped in this web of a giant spider. And so Lord Henry Mystic leaps into action so fast that the Avengers theme just starts playing in the background, right? He starts running like he's Captain America in this thing. And he saves the monkey from becoming Spider Chow. And so he (laughs) keeps him as his pet. Mm-hmm. And then he names the monkey after his dear uncle, Albert. Now, it's it's apparent that Albert is more than a pet to Lord Henry Mystic. Uh, mm-hmm. He's more like a best friend to him, right? Uh, right. And it's kind of funny to me because as I see pictures and I kind of know the story of them, it, it kind of reminds me of Curious George and the man in the yellow yes. hat. Right? Definitely, yeah. Because, I mean, overall, Albert's a good monkey, but man, can he stir up trouble. Right? He's loyal. Yeah. That's what it is. (laughs) And so there's so many parallels. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But yeah, I mean, there's so many parallels with Curious George that I just find it funny. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Mystic Manor was built and is now the home of SEA member Lord Henry Mystic. On the SEA timeline, though, Mystic Manor was technically opened in 1896. So Hightower 
just wanted his collection to himself. Like, he was super greedy, and he just wanted to hide it from the world. It, it was all for him. Yeah. Um, and Lord Henry Mystic was the complete opposite of that. The largely Victorian-style home was used by Lord Mystic to tell the story of his collection. He wanted to share it with the world. And if anyone was willing to make the journey, he would reward you by opening his doors to his own personal museum, allowing you access to explore his collection. This is a total contrast to good old Double H3, right? Mm -hmm. So Mystic was a totally honorable man. He did not believe in cheating people or stealing. He was much kinder than Harrison Hightower III was. And he didn't resort to the same shady tactics when it came to getting new pieces for his own collection. Uh, And, uh, you know, I have to say, just on a personal level, I, like, I don't know. Mystic Manor is one of those attractions that has some of the best references like the best Easter eggs to like SEA members mm-hmm. and honestly Disney history in general because there's some really nice hidden stuff. Since the attraction is set up like a museum, when you enter the queue, you're actually presented with a super, super cool Easter egg. And this is right as you're walking into the attraction. Do you know what I'm about to reference? I can't remember off the top of my head, so I'm just like, okay. tell me. <laughs> so there is a photo that you see on on the left side of the entrance mm-hmm. of the ribbon-cutting ceremony from the opening of Mystic Manor. In that photo, there is a young Walt and Roy Disney. Oh. I mean, come wow. on. Come on. How much wow. cooler can that get? <laughs> Now, that if is you're not, awesome. Yeah, I mean, if you're not paying attention, you totally miss it, right? And you right. kind of, your eyes kind of lead you to Lord Henry Mystic, and it leads you to Albert, and, you know, the he's right in the middle, and he looks super cartoony compared to the other people in the photo. I mean, with, that was by design, obviously, but he looks super mm-hmm. cartoony. But off to the right-hand side, uh, or actually in the photo, it would be to his left, uh, is a young Walt and Roy. Wow. So I thought that was just an amazing Easter egg to have. It totally is. <laughs> okay, so a few steps later, you see a portrait of Lord Henry Mystic and Albert. And this is alongside a photo of the latest item to be added to Lord Henry Mystic's collection. A Balinese music box that is set to be able to bring inanimate objects to life. Now, this music box actually plays a huge role in the success of this attraction because uh, this is how Imagineers were able to bring the element of enchantment and magic uh, to to this attraction. Um, although there are nods to the mansion, uh, this new storyline really allowed Imagineers the opportunity to, me- to remain respectful to the culture of where this attraction would be established while creating... Uh, honestly one of the most gorgeous attractions that's ever come out of imagineering i could agree to that yeah it's just it's beautifully done inside and out right yeah as a matter of fact not only does it contain tributes to the haunted mansion it also pays tribute to the jungle cruise the enchanted tiki room and the adventurers club 
because although the Adventures Club wasn't officially part of the SEA lore, there's a lot of the items that used to be at the Adventures Club that ended up in or around Mystic Manor. Uh, so if you're entering the queue, it's replete with sketches of some of Mystic's adventures, apparently chronicled by the SEA's artist-in-residence. They don't have a photographer, but damn it, they have a sketch artist, right? Nice. And his name is <laughs> Charlton J. Taboret. I At least I, I think it is. It could be Taboret, yep. but I'm going to go with Taboret. It's good enough. Yeah. <laughs> now, I don't know if this character is actually based on him, the way that Hightower was mo modeled after Joe Rohde, but the drawings and paintings that you see along the queue uh, telling the story of Lord Mystic's adventures were created by Imagineer Chris Turner, who served as one of the primary art directors for Mystic Manor. Um, I, I don't know what Chris Turner looks like, but if, if uh, Charlton J. Taboret... I, I feel like I have to say his name like that every single time now. <laughs> <laughs> Is indeed modeled after him. I guess that's another Easter egg and another tribute, right? Could be. Yeah. Mm. Another one of my favorite tributes in this queue is a portrait of someone that you also love with all your heart. You know who I'm about to point out, right, Mel? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead yeah. and say it. Mr. Danny Elfman. That's right. Mr. Yeah. Danny Elfman, <laughs> there is a portrait in the queue that is listed as Maestro de Elfman. Again, mm -hmm. I'm probably going to have to say it like that every single time. <laughs> but apparently, Maestro de Elfman was a close friend of Lord Henry Mystic. And Danny Elfman wrote the score to Mystic Manor. You know, but the cool thing is that the Maestro de Elfman character isn't just the guy that would play music for you know lord mystic and his friends when they would go on adventures he was also officially a member of the society of explorers and adventurers mm -hmm. so now <laughs> the real world's bleeding into this even more it is it is and i'm i'm content i'm a big old fan of danny elfman so yes to this <laughs> yeah i knew that at some point you were gonna go crazy <laughs> over this easter egg <laughs> totally. <laughs> um, okay. So continuing through the queue, there's this large portrait of the SEA, uh, which has actually two more tributes. Uh, although it already has characters like uh, Harrison Hightower III, and he's got Shakira Utundu with him. Uh, there's Lord Henry Mystic, a couple other members of the SEA that we'll eventually get to. But there's also two primary Imagineers that worked on Mystic Manor. They are Joe Lanzicero and Mark Shermer. They're right in the middle of the portrait, so you can't really miss them. And as you explore the collection, you enter a room where you hear a message from Lord Mystic himself, just kind of telling you about the different rooms, uh, what you're about to go through and what you're about to see. And he's totally excited to share like some information about this enchanted music box that he recently, you, you know, that recently came into his possession. And what better way to explore such a grand collection than by boarding the Magneto electric carriage that he invented which happened to win him a gold medal at the Paris World Fair in 1900. Ooh. I mean, look, he's also an inventor. <laughs> Come on now. I know. This Come on the, now. Right? That's crazy. This is craziness. I love it. <laughs> okay. 
So you board the vehicle. And as you begin your journey through the collection rooms, Curious George, I'm sorry, Albert, is super <laughs> fixated on this Balinese music box. And why wouldn't he, right? Like, it's shiny, right. and it has engraved images of monkeys reaching for the lid. It's almost like the box reads, if you are a monkey, open this box. Or do not touch, and you still want to touch. I don't know. <laughs> it's pretty clear. It's got monkeys reaching for that top gem. So That's if true. I was a monkey, I would read it as, if you are a monkey, open this box. So you can't be <laughs> mad at the monkey for reading the box and doing what it said. I'm just saying. Right. I mean, Following in his defense. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Albert presses the jewel on the top of the box. The lights go out, and what appears are these green sparkles in dust, almost like pixie dust, just start circling the room, bouncing among the objects, and then they start to move. The box's magic has done exactly what Lord Mystic thought it would do. And at first, everything is cool, but things get out of control really quickly. And so now, it's a really good time to tell you that this episode of Podcateers has been made possible by the generosity of the FGP squad, a.k.a. our podcast fairy godparents, through their monthly support via Patreon. Being a part of the FGP squad family gets you some additional perks like exclusive discounts on Podcateers gear, additional content, and access to our monthly happy hour calls. If you've been enjoying this or any other episode of our podcast and would like more information on how you can become part of the FGP squad family, we invite you to check out podcateers.com FGP. And of course, to all of the members of the FGP squad, we just want to send a huge thank you for your continued support. Now, where were we? Ah, yes, Mystic Manor. Mm-hmm. So, honestly, I'd love to tell you everything that happens on this attraction because it's, I mean, it's gorgeous. I, I love Mystic Manor so much. It's one of the attractions that I'm, I'm low-key jealous of anybody that's had the opportunity to write it because, I mean, I know I'm not going to go to Hong Kong anytime soon. So, uh, you know, I, I do the next best thing. You know, I know that there's a lot of attraction purists that say you should never go on YouTube and watch the attraction. You have to experience it on your own. I don't know when I'm going to see it on my own. I'd rather see it now and oogle over it now. Right? <laughs> I agree. Especially I agree. with 4K cameras. It looks great. It's the closest thing right now. For now, yeah. Eventually, <laughs> we'll make it out there. And it's just going to make it that much better. But in the meantime, oh, yeah. I'm going to enjoy it on YouTube. As mm -hmm. a matter of fact, I've toured all the Disney parks via the magic of YouTube, right? That makes me an explorer. Yeah. I'm officially a member of the SEA now. I've explored all the Disney parks. There, boom, I said it. I, someone had to say it. <laughs> there it is. There it is. So anyway, if you're like me and you're okay with watching attraction videos, check out the blog post for this episode because I'll include the video there. It Honestly, it's magnificent. I love the attraction. And uh, if you want to join the discussion, you want to keep this going, make sure to join us on our Discord server. The link will also be in the blog post for this episode so you can join us there. Um, okay, so uh, if we're moving on, the same year that Mystic Manor opened in 2013, updates were made to the Walt Disney World version of Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, which uh, ended up incorporating a character created all 
the way back in the late 1970s by Mr. Tony Baxter, a guy by the name of Jason Chandler. Now, Mm -hmm. uh, as I mentioned earlier, Jason Chandler was originally created for an area of Disneyland that was never built called Discovery Bay. Uh, Chandler was an inventor that started off serving as the SEA's club secretary under then-president Vitaly Robustelli. Now, a lot is not a lot is known about Vitaly Robustelli, except that he was at one point the president of the SEA, and that uh, Lord Henry Mystic had joined the society under his presidency. Uh, they apparently were kind of tight along with a couple of other people. And at some point, that's kind of undetermined for some reason, Chandler took over as president of the SEA uh, from Robustelli. He's also known for bringing in the very first female member of the SEA, an aviator by the name of Camellia Falco, which we'll talk about later, uh, back in 1851. So, Just like other members of the society who are attached to attractions, you hear a mention of Vitaly Robustelli uh, on there's there's a mention of Vitaly Robustelli on Soren Fantastic Flight at Tokyo Disney Sea, which leads us back to Chandler. Ah. So Jason Chandler lived in a little town called International Village in the Big Thunder region during the peak years of the gold rush, uh, right around like 1849 or so. Uh, He was this bright young inventor that while rising through the ranks of the SEA, Jason Chandler continued to develop his ideas, which led to the creation of this drilling machine that was capable of just kind of boring into the center of the legendary Big Thunder Mountain. And stories of that era tell of, of, of this mountain that had so much gold that anyone that could mine it would just be wealthy, like so wealthy that their fortune would last them hundreds of lifetimes. Like freaking gold coins and nuggets would be flying out of their ears, right? Ooh. I know. Yeah. I know. Imagine swimming and a bunch of gold lug- nuggets like Uncle Scrooge. I was going to say, like, if I had a money bin. <laughs> now, that's that's exactly what you would want to do. Just build a big yep. old money bin and toss all the gold nuggets in there and go swimming. Talk about that's cardio. It. Sheesh. <laughs> um, but with so many people mining uh, at Big Thunder, uh, this huge cave-in ended up burying, like, 26 miners. And all of these miners were facing their doom. But... It was Chandler's drilling machine that burrowed into the mighty mountain known as Big Thunder and helped rescue the miners. Chandler was a hero. Definitely. Uh, So to celebrate. The problem was that the celebration didn't last very long because the miners, as they were letting the sun kiss their skin, a massive earthquake shook the ground. This huge hole ended up swallowing Chandler and his drilling machine. Apparently, it was a portal to another dimension, and now he's part of the multiverse. So, Doctor Strange will eventually save him at some point. Eh. (laughs) Yeah, people that that don't like mixing Marvel and other stuff are going to be like, you need to stop that! (laughs) (laughs) 
We're just having fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so now the miners are trying to save Chandler, right? So they're working day and night, digging and digging, and they're on the side of the mountain. They're like, we dig, 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 dig the whole night through. I'm sure that's what they were singing. I don't know, but it sounds like something they would sing. Uh, but yeah, they couldn't right. find him. <laughs> you know, that was the problem. They they kept digging and they couldn't find him or the machine. And what's worse is that they they never found any more gold either. So wow. the mountain was seemingly dry now after it swallowed Chandler and his drilling machine. So the gold rush at Big Thunder was seemingly over. And it was only a matter of time before the ghosts would show up. It turns out that Chandler actually survived the incident, but it kind of changed him. You know, you have a near-death experience like that. It's bound to change you. And he felt that he kind of wasted a lot of his time digging for gold. And instead, he wanted to dedicate his life now to making the world a better place by establishing like a scientific outpost in Northern California And his idea was to call it Discovery Bay. His idea included the notion of funding new research and projects that just looked into these strange and unusual technologies. So he enlisted the help of a sailor and very famous harpoonist by the name of Ned Land, who, if you asked him, he might be able to tell you a whale of a tale or two. To help salvage the remains of Captain Nemo's Nautilus and continue his scientific research. So, look, I got to tell you, as I was researching all of this, you know, there's all these cool ties into, like, Disney attractions and everything. And I kind of saw some of the art that was originally proposed for Discovery Bay. And I always liked the fact that it looked like kind of steampunk and it had these elements of it, uh, which we ended up seeing, obviously, you know, built at another Disney park later on. But, I mean, the way that they tied in 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea and the Nautilus into the story, it's kind of genius. It is. And it fits. It totally fits. Right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the story, I don't know. I'm, I, I love this so much. I can't even begin to express <laughs> it. I'm loving this so much. So Chandler, he goes on to sell his drilling machine, right, to this gentleman that he simply called Barney. And he warns him about the hauntings of this now famous mountain. And as we roll back into the real world, 2013, Big Thunder Mountain at Walt Disney World you know, gets a little plussed up. But now there's a letter from Jason Chandler to this guy that he just refers to as Barney. And it reads, Dear Barney, Great Caesar's ghost, old chap. I haven't heard from you since our little misadventure in El Dorado. I'm indeed sorry to hear the second disturbance within Big Thunder Mountain, but I did want to warn you that you were prospecting at your own peril when I sold you the drilling machine. I took the liberty of consulting Madame Zarkov at the Museum of the Weird, and it is her considered opinion that you should abandon the entire operation at once and find a less volatile site. I wish I had better news for you, old boy, but some forces 
are not to be trifled with. On behalf of your compatriots at the SEA, I do hope to see you around the club a bit more often. Yours in exploration and adventure, Jason Chandler, founding member, the Society of Explorers and Adventurers. And although Jason Chandler simply knew this gentleman as Barney, the world would come to know him as Barnabas T. Boolean. Remember when we were talking about the Adventures Club earlier, and I mentioned that there mm -hmm. was one character that was really interesting, and I would come back to her? Yes. That was Madame Zarkov. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Yes. Madame Zarkov is now connected to the Museum of the Weird. Oh, that's right. Ooh. Oh, my gosh. I know. Okay, so, uh, I, yeah, brain is just processing everything. So as you go through the story and then you're like, it, it's been, it's crazy to see. And then this person's over here. And then this is person over here. And we just like, it's just everything intertwines with each other. So, yes. I know. <laughs> and so here's the thing that... Hmm. You know, there there's a lot of lore about the SEA that you see around the parks. And Correct. I know that I've kind of just thrown in these Marvel references, you know, throughout the story so far. But there was a reason I was doing it. Uh, because there's actually a Marvel connection to the story of the Society of Explorers and Adventures as well. Years ago, there was a series that was released called Disney Kingdoms and it was produced by Marvel mm -hmm. uh, as a matter of fact uh, both Brian Crosby and Josh Shipley who we've both had on the podcast worked on Disney Kingdoms together with other Imagineers nice. so they worked really closely to develop uh, seven seven stories I think it was seven stories uh, so they developed something called Seekers of the Weird which was a story that revolved around Rolly's uh, Museum of the Weird. They also developed Figment mm -hmm. and Figment 2, Legacy of Imagination. They developed the story for Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, which uh, talks about Jason Chandler and Barnabas T. Boulian. Uh, they also developed a collection of Haunted Mansion comics, which... If you've been listening to the podcast for some time, I went crazy looking for all of the covers because they had <laughs> the standard covers. They had variant covers. They had yep. covers that were only available either the East Coast or the West Coast. It got crazy. And I got super uh, lucky yeah. <laughs> because whenever there was East Coast ones, Jason had sent me one of the missing covers that he was able to get for me. And then nice. when AJ and VJ went to Walt Disney World, they brought me one back as well that I was missing. So, oh, that's right. Yeah, it was this group effort to get me all of the covers, and I was ridiculously happy. <laughs> yeah. So that was one of the Disney Kingdom comic series. And then they also put one out for the Enchanted Tiki Room. And so all of those comics, made by Marvel, tie into the SEA in mm -hmm. some way or another. And as you're going through the story of all of these additional characters, you begin to see references like Madame Zarkov, who was at the Adventurers Club so many years ago. But now there's this mention of her at the Museum of the Weird, which 
they were in no way connected before. So in many ways, no. you know, we talked about how some some character stories and some attraction stories are getting retconned. You know, I know we've talked about keeping the stories, you know, pure and kind of letting them be what they are. But if you're retconning them for the purpose of making them fit into these attractions, but you're doing it in this seamless way that doesn't seem to disturb the flow of the attraction or it doesn't add Johnny Depp, like, hey, that's awesome. <laughs> it is. <laughs> and no offense to Johnny Depp or whatever. And if there's oh, fans of rock. Johnny Depp... <laughs> Look, The Rock's a different story. <laughs> the Rock's going to be president in 2024, okay? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just love the way that Imagineering has just continued to take this story and expand it to existing attractions. Mm -hmm. You know, so Barnabas T. Boulian was another member of the Society of Explorers and Adventurers. And he was known as the president of the Big Thunder Mining Company. Now, he is a very, very powerful man from the East Coast. Like, his family was super, super powerful. Barnabas T. Boulian, whose middle name, by the way, is officially Tony. That's, like, legit. Nice. It's Barnabas Tony Boulian. If you've seen him... He bears a very, very striking resemblance to the stash, Tony Baxter. Mm-hmm. And that's because just yes, like Harrison yes. Hightower III was based on Joe Rohde, Barnabas T. Boulian was based on Tony Baxter. And that's where we're going to end today's episode. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, obviously, we're we're getting right into the story of Barnabas T. Boulian, I think um, like one of the most famous characters of the SEA. Uh, so in the next part, in part three, we're obviously going to get into him, uh, a little more of his connections to Jason Chandler and how all of that leads into other members, of course, of the SEA. Uh, you know, so far, Mel, as we've been telling this story, has there been any characters that you've been like looking forward to or just anyone that like, yeah, we're finally to this person. Oh, it's, it's, it's him. Barnabas T. Boolean. It's, um, uh, yes. yeah, I, <laughs> I was waiting I for this. He's super, super popular. And even the people that don't know a lot about the SEA, they see the portrait of him at, you know, Big Thunder Mountain at Walt Disney World. And obviously the questions begin to spark, right? And this goes back to what I started mm -hmm. saying earlier, that your entrance into the Society of Explorers and Adventurers really depends on what attraction you get on first and how you begin to make the connections, right? Because if you go to Tokyo... Right. And you're in one of the attractions or you're at Fortress Explorations. Obviously, your connections will begin there. If you do Big Thunder Mountain and you mm -hmm. see Barnabas T. Boulian, your connection will start there. If, you know, now you go to, which we'll get into later on, but if you go to the Tropical Hideaway at Disneyland, your connections will begin there. So it's all tied together in so many ways. That there's no wrong way to enter this story. 
But I will tell you that if you enter this story, it's a rabbit hole. It is. And so, you know, that's why I'm enjoying telling this story so much. Mm-hmm. It's been, it's been fun listening to how it starts and how it's creeping into the parks. And just, I mean, man, just the stories of the characters and the developments, that's really amazing and rich. So it's, it's been fun, and I can't wait for the next episode. Because it's going to get know. better. I know. I know. Ah, okay. All right. Well, that's where we're going to wrap up this episode. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, you want to join the conversation, join us over on Discord. We'd love to hear your thoughts on these episodes so far. Uh, if uh, you want to watch the video, uh, make sure that you head over to the blog post for this episode. You can see the video of Mystic Manor. Uh, again, if you're okay with just uh, watching attractions on YouTube, yeah, like I am. I mean, I don't care. I, I'll, I'll enjoy it either way. I've seen them on YouTube and then written them in real life, and I'm cool with it. So, you know, <laughs> as of today, that's how I've. That's the only way I've been on Rise of the Resistance. So, ha, <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Oh, Holmes, I know. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I try not to laugh. I know. <laughs> it's okay. Soon. 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 Yes, there's hope. Soon it's yes. coming. <laughs> I know. All right. So that's going to wrap it up for this episode. In part three, we'll get into the story of Barnabas T. Boolean and more members of the Society of Explorers and Adventurers. So until next time, keep dreaming, keep moving forward, and always remember to pass on the magic. Have a fantastic week, everyone. Bye.